I am Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, I'm excited to be diving back into our historical mentor series, and I'm going to be highlighting Gladys Ilward. Now, I did a podcast on Gladys in 2017, but for those who haven't been following this podcast for that long, or just if you want a refresher on this amazing woman's life, that's what we're going to be talking about today and just some of the ways that she specifically has impacted me in my spiritual life. Before we jump in, I wanted to let you know that you can register now for our 2024 set of Part conference in June of next year, and really excited about this event. Every year, God does something very special with women of every age coming together for just a time of seeking Jesus. And we are developing our theme for this coming year, and I'm really excited about it. But if you are interested in joining us, this event does fill pretty quickly. So if you'd like to come to Colorado for the live event, go to setapart.org and click on events or click the link in this podcast description. And right now is the best time to register because you can get early bird pricing, and it also makes a great Christmas gift for other women in your life. So if you're thinking about a mother-daughter getaway or a sister weekend or a friend getaway, this is just an amazing thing to look forward to and plan ahead for. Also, you can join us via simulcast anywhere you are in the world, and we do have early bird discount for that. So just go ahead and click the link in this podcast description or go to the website to learn more. Let's jump into the life of Gladys Aylward. I wanted to start out by just sharing with you a couple of quotes that have really impacted me that she was known to have said later in her life after she had served so many years in China as a missionary, led so many people to Christ and made such an incredible difference in that country. People began to talk to her about how was she able to accomplish so much. And if you've never read her biography, just a quick summary she went over to China basically with no money and no education and not sponsored by a mission board. And we're going to be talking about that in a few minutes, but really just going out of obedience to God. And she ended up being so influential in the town that God called her to that even the governor, he was known as the Mandarin of that area, gave his life to Christ because of her example. She rescued children. She took in refugees. She helped prisoners. She was just really a poured out life for the gospel. And at the the end of her life or toward the end of her life, here are a few things that she said. I wasn't God's first choice for what I've done for China. I don't know who it was. It must have been a man, a well-educated man. I don't know what happened. Perhaps he died. Perhaps he wasn't willing. And God looked down and saw Gladys Aylward and said, well, she's willing. And I love that because she's so humble. She's not looking at herself or her own abilities or anything that she brought to the table except for willingness. She said, Lord, I'm willing for you to use me and work through me to bring your light to this country. And that's exactly what he did. And that's really an encouragement for those of us who maybe have a burden to be used by God, but don't feel qualified, don't feel like we have the opportunity. She's saying, really, all it took for me was willingness. Another thing that she said to a group of believers as she was reflecting back on her ministry years in China, she said, if God has called you to China or any other place and you are sure in your own heart, let nothing deter you. Remember, it is God who has called you and it is the same as when he called Moses or Samuel. And that can be so encouraging for those of us who have a burden that we feel God has given us but we feel a little daunted by the task or the idea of stepping out of our comfort zone to say yes to God. She's saying, it's God who has called you. And it's the same as when he called Moses or Samuel. And that's a calling, a burden that we should take seriously, knowing that God will back us up. 
And she's speaking from personal experience going all the way back to the very beginning of her missionary journey. She was a parlor maid. She was born in 1902 in England into a working class family. And at that time, people in her situation didn't really have the opportunity to get an education, to go to college, or to do anything more than sort of a menial job. So she became a parlor maid at the age of 14, really without a lot of hope of ever doing anything else, but just that kind of labor. When she was 18, she encountered Christ, and she began to gain a burden for the lost around the world, especially the millions of people in China who had never heard the gospel. It was totally impractical, really very impossible for someone like Gladys in her situation with no money, no education to become a missionary to China. She didn't have the resource, the training, the education, the connections or the opportunity. There were no open doors for her. And China at that time was a war-torn country full of danger for a single woman. So family and friends and even mission boards told her just put the thought of China out of your mind. But she couldn't get rid of that burden. And even after she was rejected by the China Inland Mission, trying to sign on as a missionary with them, they said, you know, there's no way you can learn the language. And she was older at this point, as I think probably in her mid to late 20s. I can't remember how old she was, but they thought she was too old to learn the language. And they said, we just can't sponsor you. But she could not shake the burden for China. She tried to get her brother to go, and he wasn't interested. And finally, she began to realize maybe God has this burden on my heart for a reason. She had a job as a housemaid to a wealthy family, and she sort of was toying with the idea of of scraping the money together to just earn the money to go to China herself. But she wasn't sure if that was the right decision. And she was sitting on the bed in her quarters at this home where she worked, and she was reading her Bible, and the book of Nehemiah is where she opened to. And she said this, as I read the first chapter, I felt very sorry for Nehemiah and understood why he wept and mourned when he heard about Jerusalem in its great need and could do nothing about it. He was sort of a butler and had to obey his employer just like I did. Then I turned to the second chapter, but he did go. I said aloud and got up, a strange elation within me. He went in spite of everything. And then she said, as if someone was in the room, a voice said clearly, Gladys Aylward, is Nehemiah's God your God? Yes, of course, I replied. Then do what Nehemiah did and go. But I am not Nehemiah, but assuredly I am his God. And this is how she described that moment when she felt God so clearly speak to her. That settled everything for me. I believed these were my marching orders. I put my Bible on the bed and beside it my copy of Daily Light and at the side of that all the money that I had, which was a very small sum of money she had scraped together from her earnings. She said, what a ridiculous little collection it seemed. But I said simply, oh God, here is the Bible about which I long to tell others. Here's my daily light that every day will give me a new promise. And here's all of the money that I have. If you want me, I'm going to China with these. And that was her decision. God had called her. She gave him everything that she had, which didn't feel like much, but she gave him a willing heart. She began to work tirelessly and scrape together every penny that she possibly could, sometimes working two and three jobs just to earn the money for a train ticket to China, which was not the way people advised you to travel to China in that time because you had to go on the Trans-Siberian Railroad through a lot of dangerous countries just to get there. And there was violent fighting along the route and no guarantee that she would actually ever get through. And she was scraping together the money for a one-way ticket. So she didn't even have the money for a return ticket if things didn't go well. 
but she saw beyond all of those obstacles because she had her eyes fixed on the mighty power of God. She was looking at God the way Nehemiah had looked at God when he was burdened to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. He realized it wasn't up to him and his abilities, but that God was on his side and that God would back him up. And she became convinced of the same. She finally got together enough money and just the story of just her journey to China could be a book in itself. There were so many moments along the way when she barely escaped with her life. She was detained in Russia. They wanted to keep her there to work for the communist government, and they took away her passport, and she barely escaped with her life. And it was really a miracle that she made it to China at all. It was kind of like Hudson Taylor. When he was first sailing to China, he was nearly shipwrecked on an island that was notorious to have cannibals there who would kill anyone who crashed on their shores. And yet God diverted their ship right at the last minute. And he declared against all odds, even as they were veering towards this dangerous coastline, that God would save him because he was called to China. And Gladys Edward had the same attitude. She faced these extreme difficulties and incredible roadblocks just getting there. But the unbending response of her soul was this, as Paul said in Acts 20, 24, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. She was not moved. She was not shaken. And one situation when she was being held prisoner in Russia, the man, the owner of the hotel tried to break into her hotel room. And I mean, he was drunk. He was bigger than her. She was a very small little woman. She couldn't really defend herself, but she stood on the power of God. And she said, between you and me, God has put a barrier. Touch me and see. Go. And those were her words. And he just stared at her and shuddered and turned and without a word, he left. And later that same night, strangers smuggled her out of the hotel and onto a ship to get her out of Russia. But she was so convinced that God had a calling on her life and that he would protect her in every single situation. When she arrived at the village where she had felt she was supposed to go to serve another older missionary, she didn't even really connect well with this older missionary. This woman was kind of notorious for being difficult to work with, even though she had a, a genuine ministry and she was making an impact. And imagine just the loneliness you would feel of going to a foreign country and the one familiar face that you're seeing who isn't Asian and who speaks your language, you're not connecting well with, and you're not really feeling like this is your long lost kindred, you know, soulmate. It's really just somebody that you have to serve because that's where God has put you. But she really rose up to it. And she said, Lord, this is where you put me and I'm going to give it my all. And some of the things that she had to do when she first got there, they were trying to set up an inn where they would bring these travelers to their inn and be able to share the gospel with them. And these men would come through with their mules on their mule carts, and she would have to wrestle the mules to get them in the door of the hotel. And then they would water the mules and brush them down and (laughs) take care of them. She had to do all of that just to be able to give these men the opportunity to hear the gospel. And she couldn't even preach the gospel to them because she didn't speak the language yet. So she was just doing all of this really grueling work and this dirty, filthy work that was very intimidating just so they would have the opportunity to hear the other missionaries share the gospel. But she did all of these things happily, willingly, 
because she knew she was where God wanted her to be. After she had been in China for a number of years, she really began to learn the language and be established there and make an impact and be trusted by the people. The woman that she had come to serve died, sadly, in an accident, and so she was left alone to run this inn. And God so miraculously provided for her when she really had no means of keeping this inn going. And the Mandarin, who was like the governor of the village, asked her to become this foot inspector. They were trying to get rid of this custom of binding women's feet. So she had to go to all the different houses in the whole countryside and make sure that the people were not binding their little girl's feet. And she was on official government business. So she had the approval of the Mandarin of the region to go into these houses. And she said, my one condition of taking this job is that I will share the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere I go. And he said, that's fine. I'll let you do that as long as you do your job and make sure the girl's feet are unbound. And so that was just an amazing inroads into the lives of the people, the first fruits of her being able to share the gospel in homes and being actually sponsored by the government to do that. And that was another way that the inn was kept open because of the income that she received from that. When she had been doing this for a number of years, people really began to respect her. And one day in their village, there was a men's prison riot. So the men that were kept prisoner down the road in this men's prison began to break out in violence and kill each other. And they were clubbing each other to death and the guards couldn't get control. And so the Mandarin called her and said, I want you to go in and stop this prison riot. And she had no idea, like, what am I supposed to be able to do? And he said, well, you say that you have the living God inside of you. So we know you can't die. So you're the only one who can stop this, right? <laughs> and she thought, well, I didn't quite explain the fact that just because I have the living God inside of me, it doesn't mean I can't be killed. But she stood on the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And she said she just went in those doors with such a clear determination that she would go in the power of God and not go in fear. And she walked right up to a man who was holding a weapon and she commanded him to put it down and and he very slowly lowered it. Instead of striking her, he lowered it and obeyed her. And then she told all of the men to put their weapons down and go back to their cells. And she was so bold and so strong in the power of God and so fearless going in there that these men, I think, were shocked into listening to her and obeying her. And they all went back to their cells and just waited quietly to be told what to do. And just to see the power of God working through someone who doesn't have anything within themselves to bring to a situation like that, but just a total yieldedness and a childlike faith in the faithfulness and power of God. She then began to transform that men's prison. She saw the needs. She saw the reason why they were rioting because they were starving. They had no way of supporting themselves. They had nothing to do all day. They were just miserable. And so she began to institute changes in the prison. And pretty soon, many of the men gave their lives to Christ. Around that time, people began to call her Awe Da, which means virtuous one. And that became her name in China. During her time in China, she accomplished things that are usually only heard of in fictional action movies or spy novels. And when she had been there a while, there was a war going on between China and Japan. And so she was on the Japanese most wanted list because of her activities to help China. And sometimes she narrowly escaped death with bullet holes riddling her clothes. She was this small, uneducated woman, a parlor maid, who couldn't even be sponsored by a mission board, who simply dared to trust God, and she possessed more courage than maybe 20 strong men put together. If you can imagine having that much confidence in 
the protection of God, not just hoping that he's going to come through for us, but knowing that he will and not cowering fear when the enemy tries to attack or when we face impossible situations, but rising up in the strength of God and just watching what God will do when we dare to trust him. I really think that only someone who believes God to be as big and powerful as he claims to be can walk in that kind of boldness. When Gladys looked at the Bible, when she studied God's word, she didn't analyze it or question it. She took it as fact and she built her life around it. And because of that, fear was not able to control her in any situation. So we've talked about her childlike faith, her boldness, her belief in the power of God, her willingness to go where other people wouldn't go. Another attribute that I really appreciate about Gladys Elward is that she did not put limits to what she would allow God to do through her. Most of us would not walk into a men's prison riot with nothing but just prayer and hope and pray that God would protect us, but she just knew she was protected and she knew she had the power of the living God. And so she never put limits. She never said no when God presented her with a challenge that seemed impossible. A lot of Christians, it's sort of normal today to give into spiritual apathy, maybe because of physical weakness or tiredness or lack of stamina or just our own fear. She was the opposite. She was not physically strong and she had very little in the way of possessions. I think she owned like one dress. She did not really own anything or have anything, but she knew that God had called her to perform mighty exploits for his kingdom and that he would give her every bit of strength and stamina that she needed for the task. She also didn't allow physical weakness to control her decisions. And we talked about that with the story of Catherine Booth, how time and time again, she rose above physical challenges and relied on the supernatural strength of God to just carry her through when she knew he had called her to something. Her ministry was a lot like Paul when he says in 2 Corinthians that he was used to weariness and painfulness and watchings often and hunger and thirst and fastings and cold and nakedness. But you don't see her complaining. I'm sure she had times when she was discouraged or times when she wondered if God was going to come through, but she continued to rise up on the strength of God and stand boldly in his faithfulness and in his power. When war broke out in her village, Gladys took over 100 displaced children. Some of them had become orphans through the fighting. Some of them had become separated from their families. And she needed to get them to a safe place because people were dying everywhere. And she knew the only way to get them to a safe place was to take them on a multiple-week journey over mountain passes with no food, no provision. That was the only way to get them to a safe location. She knew they would die if they stayed where they were. So she set out with these hundred children and the story of that, I think it was nearly six weeks of walking on foot over the mountain passes, just sort of scrounging for food or letting God miraculously provide for them on the way. And just imagine the toll that would be as being the one responsible for that many children in such a dangerous journey. And yet she, the whole time, kept pointing the children back to Christ and kept them strong in their faith. And there were so many miracles to get them to their destination. That journey took a huge toll on her physically. She fell unconscious as soon as they got to their destination and she knew that job was over. She just kind of went into a coma state because of the toll that it took on her body. And when they took her to a hospital, they found that she had pneumonia, typhus, and several other serious illnesses. So the fact that she survived that at all, again, is just a hallmark of the grace of God and on her life. And again, though, I'm so inspired by the fact that she willingly allowed her body to spend and be spent for the glory of God. She was not self-protected. 
protective. And not that all of us are called to something that extreme, but just the willingness to go with just a childlike trust and say, even if my body is broken, even if I go through things I never thought I could go through by the grace of God, I'm willing to say yes to pour out my life for the glory of God. Just like the Apostle Paul, she made her physical body her servant in order to victoriously fulfill the call of God upon her life. Paul says, I buffet my body and make it my servant, meaning he didn't allow his physical cravings or his physical weakness to control him. He allowed the spirit of God to control him. Gladys Elward's childlike faith in God might seem illogical and impractical to a lot of us, but I feel like because she dared to trust God and take him at his word, she lived one of the most conquering, victorious lives this world has ever seen. She was not perfect. None of the Christian heroes or people that inspire us are perfect, but they continue to press on towards more. And that's what I love about Gladys Elward. She didn't just pitch her tent and say, well, I'm here in China. I'm just going to keep in this little comfort zone here. She always always was pushing forward into something new that God had for her, and she was constantly being pushed out of her comfort zone. Gladys cared for orphan children most of her ministry life, and she raised so many children as her own. But when she was older, she felt like, okay, my time is done with caring for children because I don't have the stamina. I'm too old to care for children. And even towards the end of her life, somebody brought a baby and left it on her doorstep. And she was sort of arguing with God, like, Lord, I've already raised so many children. Now I'm in my later years. I don't have a way to take care of this child. I'm doing all this evangelism now. And God just gave her that clear sense, I am supposed to take care of this child. And even up until the point that she died, she had babies in her room that she was personally caring for. We can see through Gladys Ilward's life that to impact this world for eternity, we don't need a long list of human qualifications. We don't need to impress everyone with, here's what I can do, here are my talents, here's my education, here's what I've done, and here's my resume. We just need an immovable, unshakable, rock-solid faith in our mighty and powerful God. So a couple of takeaways, because it's easy to look at someone like Gladys Aylward and think, well, she did things that are so far beyond the realm of what I can relate to. How am I supposed to glean anything from her life? For me, it's the childlike faith that she had and the fact that she did not put limits around how God could work. Gladys has inspired me to look at impossible situations in my own life and choose to believe in the power of God, to stand on his promises and watch with expectation to see what he will do. She didn't spend a lot of time fretting and worrying and strategizing. She just went to her knees and said, okay, God, what is your solution? How do you want to solve this problem? And every single time he did, even if it was an 11th hour solution that tested her faith, he always was faithful. So her life challenges me to approach every difficult situation, every challenge with childlike faith. I don't always remember to do this, but remembering her story and remembering how she responded to these incredible situations with childlike faith inspires me to do the same rather than sliding into worrying and fretting and fear and being distracted and preoccupied trying to come up with a solution to my problems. Every single time Gladys hit an impossible situation, she saw the faithfulness of God because she waited for him to come through. And that is very, very powerful to me. 
I also am very encouraged by the fact that she just simply had a willing heart and look what God did through her life. And so it's easy to get caught up in, well, I don't know if I'm very good at this. I don't know if I can really do that. What do I need to do to sort of prove that I can rise up to this? And God reminds us it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. All you need to do is bring a fully surrendered, yielded, and willing heart and let me do the rest. So I would encourage you to think about the situations in your life where you feel like you're facing an impossible mountain and look for ways that you can approach that with a childlike faith, with a heart of faith in the power of your God, so that you're not just fixating on your circumstances or the impossibility of your circumstances, but you're remembering the incredible power of God. I love the story where she says, I am not Nehemiah, but he says to her, but assuredly I am Nehemiah's God. We serve the same God as Nehemiah and Moses and Samuel, as Gladys would say. And we need to remember that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's no situation we can ever face that his power is not able to overcome and bring victory. I would encourage you also not to put limits around what God can do through your life. And if he has put a burden on your heart, remember that burden is there for a reason. As Gladys Selward said, if God has called you to China or any other place and you are sure in your own heart, let nothing deter you. Remember it is God who has called you and it is the same as when he called Moses or Samuel. If God is for us, who can stand against us? I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into living a set-apart life for Christ, I encourage you to visit us at setapart.org and look at the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.